In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. In the Lab is in your face. What's up? How you doing, John? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? I'm good. Lots going on today. Normally, we're doing these things in the offseason, and it's kind of quiet, but the Texans have re-signed Kaimi Fairbear, the kicker. Yes. They re-signed Darren Fells, the tight end. He's according to reports, but yes, of course. I think it's going to happen. And there's another one coming down the pipe, which I don't know if I can – I'm not going to say it yet, but there's another guy who is a Texan and has been a Texan for a few years now, and he's coming back too. He's re-signed. So it's, it's a fun day. So that will happen. Yeah. Fun day. And here's the table of contents. We're going to talk about some trues and falses okay. as it pertains to Texans free agency in 2020 because free agency starts one week from tomorrow. The wow. legal tampering period starts one week from yesterday. So you're going to hear about all these deals on Monday, and then they'll get consummated on Wednesday. But we'll do those true and falses, and then we're going to go do a story time. Oh, yeah. And talk about our favorite Darren Fells memory from last year. Oh, yeah. And our favorite Kaimi Fairbear memory from his time as a Texan. Doesn't have to be from last year. I like so it. Let's do I like some, it. Let's do it. Let's do some true or falses. The Texans coming into, you know, like today had 18 free agents. Mm-hmm. Coming into this, the offseason, they had 20. Mike right. Adams was one of them. He retired. Right. And they had Vernon Hargraves. He got cut. Right. I suppose you could say they had 21. If you factor in Brandon Dunn as well, he comes back. So let's count him. Brandon okay. Dunn is one. Kanye Fairbairn is two. Darren Fells is three. Okay. And this other guy is yep. four. Yep. So, true or false, the Texans will re-sign eight of their own free agents this offseason. They've already signed four. They going to add four more? I would think so. Yep. I would think so. I think people, when they look at the Texans free agents, the first things that, the first two that pop out right away are DJ Reader and Bradley Roby. But when you dive into the fact that there were 20 to start with, and obviously you have um, the three that signed today, I still think you've got to fill out out your roster, basically, Mm -hmm. if we're being honest. So you've got to have an opportunity to have guys come back at particular positions and maybe that you're not totally thinking about. I think the ones that will be interesting to watch – say the least, will be DJ, will be Bradley Roby. Carlos Hyde, what happens to him? I'm always curious about the running back market each and every offseason. Don't go too far into that because that's okay. coming up later. Right. Okay, But keep going. I always think that's a fascinating I, – I love watching the running back market just because it's ever-changing. And that happened with the – the tight end market? I'm trying to think. There was one year – oh, no, it was the safeties. The safeties. Two years ago, there wasn't a safety that could get a job. Safeties couldn't find a job. And then last year, Tyron signed for a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Kareem Jackson signed for a bunch of money. A bunch of safeties Texans signed. Texans brought in Jaleel Adai. They brought in Deshaun Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. Safeties were signing for some cash. I guess they realized how important that position is after all. Mm-hmm. So I do think eight is going to be is going to end up being the number. Because last year, if you think about the guys that they signed, that ended up being you know, factors on this team. They signed Taiwan Jones. They signed Jalil Dye, as you mentioned, to Sean Gibson. They signed, and they were able to sign Sean because he was a cap casualty. So they signed him at any time. They signed him actually before the tampering period even began. So they they had 
they have to fill out that roster, and they're not going to be able to do it with a bunch of draft picks. They're not loaded with a dozen draft picks. So I have a good allotment of draft picks, to be clear. But they've got to be able to do it with free agents, and I think they're going to be able to do that and keep, what, eight? I'm going to say I think that's a good number. I think it's right at eight. I think that's a good number. Okay. Since you touched on the running backs, okay. Duke Johnson's under contract. He is. Carlos Hyde is a free agent. Lamar Miller is a free agent, too. Taiwan Jones is also a free agent. Yes. True or false, the Texans will sign a running back who is an external free agent, meaning he's not on the Texans right now. True or false, they're bringing in an outside back that's a vet. I think it's possible, but given the depth. I know it's a great question when you answer it that way. Well, you no. couldn't just go one way or the other, you know? Well, I know, but I'm going to answer your question, and I'm going to answer it relatively emphatically mm-hmm. with a no. Okay. Because the draft is so good. The draft is so good. The backs on the roster are pretty good. Karan Higdon is here, and he's a guy you've got to consider. He's on practice squad all year. Yeah. I know people are like, well, the practice squad, how good really is he? How many times have we seen guys come from the practice squad and end up being really good players? What do you think Brandon Dunn got to start? I'm not expecting Karan Higgins to run for 1,800 yards and be the number one back in the in the NFL, but Karan Higgins is going to be in his competition. So I think you're going to have a rookie. I think you're going to have Karan Higdon. Uh, you've got Duke Johnson. So there's three right there. So if they – they uh, what did I do? Oh, and I do think a guy like Taiwan Jones comes back. I think Taiwan Jones is a valuable piece. Still Buddy Howell on the roster too. So – I think there will be one drafted and added to the mix. I think Kron Higdon gets in that mix. And I think once that player is drafted, we'll be able to see how maybe they do look at what's remaining out there. I think the running back market is so crazy. So crazy. Mm-hmm. But I think of that group of Hyde, who did you say? Hyde, Taiwan Jones. Higdon. Yeah, or excuse me, Hyde. Jones and Lamar Miller. I think Hyde Jones. I think two of those guys come back. Yeah, I think two of them come back. Okay. So I think that'll fill out your roster. So I don't think you need an external guy. If you fall in love with a guy, fine. But I think you can find one in this running back class. You can get one in day three. That should be. You could argue in some years would be a day two guy. All right. True or false? The Texans will sign an external unrestricted free agent on the very. First day of free agency. Now, let's rewind and think about it. Last year, they didn't do that. They didn't sign anybody on the first day of free agency. Right. They waited a little bit. They plucked guys. Two years ago, same same deal, but they, their big signing was Tyron Matthew, who came a few days after yeah. the opening signing period. Let's go back to 2016, though. They made a big splash. They did a cannonball. Signed Brock Osweiler. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal at the time. Lamar Miller was a pretty big deal. And they also signed Jeff Allen and Tony Bergstrom, a couple of offensive linemen. Now, of those four, one of them wound up sticking with you and, and playing really well for you for a, for a good bit. Do you think next Wednesday, Texans going to swoop out, sign somebody, free agent-wise? False. False, okay. I think there are a lot of dominoes that are going to have to fall for a lot of different teams. And I think some of this kind of goes back to what happens with the CBA. So I do think there might be some, I don't say issues that the, that agents and teams are going to have to work out. But I would think over that tampering period, yeah, there are going to be some players that they're going to want to talk to. But 
this doesn't all happen on day one, but I think it might take a little longer to kind of flesh out the flush out all the different issues that there is a new CBA mm-hmm. or there's not going to be a new CBA. How does that impact the long-term deals? I, that I think is going to be, it's going to be something that agents and players and coaches, teams, uh, personnel staff, GMs, all that, they're going to have to figure that stuff out. And I don't know that, that they're going to be able to right away. And I just think the Texans, the way that they've gone about things, they'll be very judicious mm-hmm. with the free agents, free agent or free agents. They're going to sign that they're going to be, you know, they're going to have to fill out the roster with a few free agents like last year, Jaleel Dye. That was a guy that came well after the fact. Darren Fells. Darren Fells, well after the fact. So I think they're going to have, you know, plenty of those guys that they're going to have to figure out where they fit and sign them. I don't know if the Texans, you know, given what they're going to have to do with Laramie, given what they're going to have to do with Deshaun eventually, I don't know that it ends up being a big, price tag free agent right off the bat would it be cool if they did it yeah absolutely but i don't know that i would i don't know if i would bet my lunch money on it so i'm gonna go ahead and say no to that question true or false kind of as a a follow-up to that cornerback will be the first external free agent that the texans sign that position cornerback Ooh, external yeah, meaning it's a non-Texan. Yeah, yeah, non-Texan, yeah. I think you know what external Yeah, no, I, I, I know. I, I just, just don't know why I just explained that to you. Like you're Well, no, the reason that I, I said external is, look, Bradley Roby is, you know, he's coming up on being a free agent. Yep. Um, is, that a, is that a player that the Texans want to keep around? And I, I, would, I would love to see it. I, I like Robe. I like what he brought to this team. But there are a number of different options out there at the corner position. I would think that would be one place. We all talk about edge rushers. I think a lot of the edge rushers or, you know, interior, you know, the pass rushers. Yeah. You know, throw Chris Jones from the Chiefs in that mix. I think those guys are going to, a lot of, a number of those guys might get franchised. The franchise tag date got moved to Monday. Mm-hmm. It got moved. So there's, they're, and they're doing that because the CBA date got moved. So they're trying to, trying to line those things up a little bit. I think a lot of those guys are going to end up getting franchised, and the guys that end up getting left over, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, are going to be guys probably you can maybe um, take a look at day two, day three, day four, et cetera. I do think if they're going to strike, the corner position is probably a good one to strike. Byron Jones, James Bradbury, those are the first two names that, that pop off the list. Bradley Roby, of course. So you're going uh, true or are you going false? So I'm going true. I do All think right. that corner is the first one. I have to kind of talk myself through these things. Yeah, I know, Drew. I know, I know. I just true I'm, is I'm here to give you I think your corner compass. I think corner is gonna be is gonna be the first one. The way that this game is played now, I think you have to hit on that particular position. The Patriots did a few years ago with Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. That was a big hit. So I, I would think you've got to have dudes that can cover now. I mean, I know it sounds obvious, but even to a point of being even more. Like, if you think you've got enough, get more. And if you don't think you have enough, then stockpile. All right. Start getting them. Okay, moving along. One of our favorite players to converse with and talk with is Joe Webb. Yes. Love talking with Joe Webb out of Alabama. Birmingham guy. Yep. Fun guy to talk with. Not Al- He's not a Crimson Tide guy, but he's UAB. from the yep. state of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, does a lot of stuff for this football team. He's a tremendous special teamer. We didn't get to see him last year because of the injury in the preseason. But he's also a quarterback. Yes. Also plays receiver. He's a free agent. 
So, too, is your backup quarterback from 2019, A.J. McCarron. Came in in Week 17 to give Deshaun Watson some rest. Let him down the field for a touchdown. It was the only touchdown of the regular season that the Texans scored on the opening drive. <laughs> Ultimately, the Texans fall in that one to the Titans. McCarron's a free agent as well. So, true or false, the two quarterbacks behind Deshaun Watson in 2020 will not have been on the roster in 2019. So, are they going outside? Or are they sticking with one or both of those guys? They're they're sticking. I think. Let's let's think number three back. They're going to have uh, Alex Magoo here. Right. That's your number three. Very athletic guy. He was a practice squad. He was a practice squad. He, he was on the 53 for a little bit. He's a guy that you want to keep around. Um, and, and you want to, There were some teams that were trying to poach him, and they, they were able to keep him around. So uh, that ended up working out. So that brings me down to is either Joe and or AJ back on the roster. I would love to be able to bring AJ back. I think AJ, it was so cool to see him after that game in week 17, even though the Texans ended up losing that. He was so jacked to have played, yeah. to have competed. And I like having a guy like that on the roster. That competition means that much to him. I mean, he was just, I said to him, because uh, I was asking him about a hit that he had taken in a game, and I was talking to him about it. And uh, he goes, yeah, man. And he talked to me for like two minutes about what happened on that particular hit. And he just said his smiles was fun to be back playing. He goes, oh, dude, you don't even know, man. Hmm. It's just it's so fun to be back playing. I think I would love to bring A.J. back. I would love it. Now, I would think A.J., knowing him, that he wants to compete for a starting job. But with so many different quarterbacks that are going to be out there, this might be the best opportunity to continue to show what he's got here in Houston. But then again, I'm not, you know, I'm not as – his family, I can't make that decision for, you know, he, his wife, his kids, all that. But I think it's a good opportunity for him. So I think he's going to stay. And I know how everybody feels about Joe Webb. So I think if I have to say true to one of those staying, I think one of those does stay. Okay. Final true, false, John. Starting Wednesday with a two-week window afterwards. So the two weeks from Wednesday on. Tomorrow Wednesday. No, excuse me, a week from Wednesday. Week Wednesday. Free agency starting Wednesday. Okay. And you're yawning, and that's okay. I know I'm not boring you. You're no. tired because you've been up since like yeah, 4. You're doing four radio four. in the morning with, with uh no, You're not Seth boring Payne. me at all. I could do yeah. this all day. I know. But I just, you know, there's people watching. Yeah. I don't want them to. Maybe okay. I'm boring you. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, love you. True or false? So starting a week from Wednesday, the okay. start of free agency with a two-week window afterwards. Okay. In that window, the Texans will make a trade. True or false? Yes. Okay. I think that's true. Right. I don't know why I jumped on that one real quickly, but that's the most that's the most definitive, declarative, yeah. quickest answer you've yes. given out of these all all these true falses. First of all, I think I think trades. I mean, we obviously saw what happened that Saturday before the week. You know, the Saturday after week four of the preseason. Right. I mean, it went crazy. I mean, how many trades were that day? You had the Clowney trade, Tunsil and Stills trade. You had the uh, Carlos Hyde trade. You had the Keon Crossan trade. You had four trades in a right. matter of, like, an hour and a half, it, it felt like. And some of those, they may have been working on for a while. But I would, I would think there's, there's going to be a trade. Yeah. Who that is and what that's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. It might just be draft picks. It might just be some team – has an idea of what is now those things happen closer to the draft when it has to do with draft picks and happens during the draft but i do feel like the texans will there will be 
there will be some trade to, I think, help the Texans get more picks. And I don't know. I don't know exactly how to feel about that. Like, is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. I just feel like once the new league year hits and it's time to put this new 90-man roster that turns into 46 or 48, whatever the new CBA is going to tell it, if there is one, whatever turns into 46 on game day, let's start putting that thing together and see what it looks like. And I think this organization has proven since Bill O'Brien has taken over as, as general manager, basically, there's no sitting around. There's no sitting around. Now, you're going to be patient with certain things and things you need to be, but if you see something you want to go do, they pounce. They if, pounce. If we go, yeah. if we judge by recent it's a good history, word. Like we we're talking about pounce, pounce is a good word. I yeah. like that word. Let's pounce on some happy memories too. Okay. Two guys that we we both also like. We brought up Joe Webb just a minute ago. We really like Kaimi Fairbairn talking with him. We really like Darren Fells. Yeah. Interesting dudes. My favorite Darren Fells moment. I'm gonna give you an off the field and on the field. Okay. So found he played college basketball. Yep. Out in California. Yes. His, his college did not have a football team. Right. So he played high school football, didn't play in college. Right. Played four years, roughly. Professional basketball after that in places like Argentina, Belgium, Finland, France, Mexico. Yeah. You want a good story? Ask him about the Mexicali game that he played. Yeah. That was a really fierce <laughs> It's a fascinating story. You had it. Mm-hmm. Your interview, I played on the show, and I was listening to everything. It was fantastic. But really my, fa- my favorite memory off the field of him, so last year we had these media days where – the dudes for about two days cycle through, and they do all these different stations. I, my station was one-on-ones that wound up being the Rico's Fresh Faces interviews, which were on or, and are on HoustonTexans.com. And I thought, you know, I did these, like, questions ahead of time for each player, had it, had it set up, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be really creative. I'll ask them. I'll, say, I'll start things off by talking to them in fin- Finnish because oh, he wow. played in Finland. <laughs> and so I, he sits down, and before it gets going, I, you know, I, I start the, the interview with something in – and finishes like, hey, oh, Nicodemi. And he just kind of looks at me, and I kind of go like this. He sort of keeps looking at me, and I go, that was finished. He goes, oh, I don't speak Finnish. They all speak English. In Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> like, that'll oh, that'll teach me that? to be creative. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, I was, uh, awesome. I was a little bummed. But I knew back then, and you and I talked about this. I think we were pretty, pretty good. We knew he was going to make the team. Yeah. We knew early. And we knew he was going to be a cr- contributor. When he got signed, we and I've told the story a few times, for those of you who have listened to this podcast a time or two, when he signed, it was like on a Friday night, and nobody was around. Right. Or a Thursday night, nobody was around. And then the next morning, I looked and did the research on him because it, it was described as a Texan sign of blocking tight end. Yeah. Which those guys, they're sometimes on the bubble, you know. Yeah. yeah. Whether they're going to make that team after training camp or not. Yeah. So I thought, okay, they signed a blocking tight end. We'll see. You know, the Texans did need help in pass protection. And then I looked, and he caught three touchdowns the season before, and three touchdowns the season before that, one touchdown the season before that, and three touchdowns the year before that. So he had 10 touchdown catches in a four-year span. Yeah. And the Texans hadn't had a tight end to do that in any four-year span since yeah. Owen Daniels. Man. So you go through C.J. Fedora, which you go through Ryan Griffin, you go through Garrett Grubb. None of those guys had had four, you know, or 10 touchdowns in a four-year span. So I thought, well, shucks, he's going to have – he's got a really good chance of making the team. And then what did we see him do? Yeah. Catch touchdowns in the red zone, seven of them, in yeah. fact. And my favorite, Darren Fells. Should have had eight. Should have had eight in Tampa. He came up like that short. Yeah. Like that. I'm just holding my fingers like a couple inches apart. I think there's probably a two-touchdown two race if we're going to do pick our favorite moments. So I'm going to go with him big-brothering. 
Yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. In a game in which he caught, what, two touchdowns in that game against the Falcons? Mm -hmm. He caught two and Will caught three. Yes. But he basically held the ball over the guy because he's six foot seven. Yeah. He like basically went over his back like yeah. you would in basketball. He's six foot seven, almost six foot eight, really. Yeah, he's a big dude. And just he big brothered the guy. And yeah. I loved it was a he was a great option to have for Deshaun. He was really good too, you know, when Deshaun would roll out and have the option to throw. Yeah. He'd pick up first downs, you know, just lean forward by getting a few yards. So those are my favorite Darren Fells memories so far. I think my favorite one off the field, we were in here sitting in these two seats, uh Mark Vandermeer and I. And the seat that is right in front of us, that's right in front of this camera, yeah. right over there, during those same media days. We had not had a chance to talk to Darren Fells. And when he walked in the room, we were with Jordan Thomas. And <laughs> we hadn't seen him around, so we weren't totally sure. Like, we weren't totally sure who it was. And then as he walked in, Jordan Thomas said something about it being Darren Fells. And we're like, oh, Darren Fells. And so Jordan Thomas started joking with him about being the team's left left tackle. Right. Or right right tackle. Like he just didn't. So we get JT finishes. He's kind of messing with Fells a little bit. Fells is just kind of the, you know, wily veteran, just kind of like, eh, you're a, you know, young guy that doesn't really know anything, sort of thing. So he sits down and so we start talking about it. And then I asked him that question to say, hey, Jordan Thomas in here earlier, he's calling you left left tackle or right right tackle. And like, how do you what do you say about that? And he's like, he goes, I know my role. I know what I'm. I know what I'm here to do, and that that's part of it. I, I get that. You and I did uh, a film room. Uh, we've done a film room. One of them that we're going to do that you're going to see is the third and sixth throw from Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Carter in the Buccaneers game. And in that game, Darren Fells is the tight end on the left side, and he is matched up one on one with Shaq Barrett. And as we did the film room, I didn't really say a lot about it. Yeah. I just for, said they for got time pretty purposes, good, For I mean, time purposes. You could go about 30 minutes per play if you wanted. But I also didn't know if they were going to resign him. And yeah. so I really didn't want to point anything out, so I just kind of left it alone. But I remember watching it. I was like, he just stoned Shaq Barrett, the best rusher in the NFL. Like 20 sacks last yeah, year. Yeah, it was ridiculous. And Fells just locked him up. I saw him do that to Vaughn Miller. Mm-hmm. In when he was uh, when Miller was obviously still in Denver, but when Fells was in Cleveland, and I did a football one on one on that when Fells was coming here. So we have that with him, that conversation with him. We see him do that run, the that pass protection. I'm like, okay, well that's what we'll use him for to help our offensive line of pass protection. And then he ends up just being an absolute weapon. I think mine on the field, the one that people will remember is I kick. The one sure. people will forget, and that was against the Raiders, is the one that closed the game down. Oh, that was huge on and third and sh- yeah. Against the Raiders, Deshaun is rolling out of bounds, and if he goes out of bounds, the clock stops. He throws an incomplete pass, the clock stops, and the Raiders might have a chance. And as he's going out of bounds, he sees Darren, he flips it back. And because Deshaun is sprinting, he doesn't have enough time to really kind of be accurate with it. And so the ball is behind Fells, and he reaches back and makes a one-hand grab beyond the sticks. Play. Pulls it in, gets the first down, ice take the game. a knee, and ice the game. You know, in a lot of ways, it was kind of like the reverse of the touchdown in, in, in Los Angeles to Aikens. You know, yeah, Watson yeah. was coming this way and threw it across his body right. that way. This way, he, it was kind of the, the other right. was going that way. Yeah, exactly. And Different Fels, result. but Fells makes a, such a great catch. End of the game. And we'll all remember the catch that he makes on eye kick, you know, when Chong gets kicked in the eye and throws it to him. He's made those catches before. I mean, tremendous catches. But that one was one heck of a catch with mm-hmm. the one hand and reaching back. I mean, 
He was phenomenal. I'm glad he's. I know. I'm glad he's coming back. I think the tight end position with those four guys. I don't know if they keep all four. Last year, I was convinced they'll keep all four, and maybe they do keep four. Uh, because you gotta see what injuries do during training camp. And that OTAs. always kind of thin. I mean, it thinned out this group this year. Mm-hmm. The injuries at the beginning of the year. You, see, you brought tight in, ends. You brought in Logan Paulson because Thomas and, and right. Waring were not around at the start. Yeah, and Paulson stuck around till about mid October, almost November. Right. So. You got to kind of let everything sort of work itself out, but I think you've got four really good options, and obviously one we want to see more than anything else because we haven't seen him is Kali Waring and see what he's made of. And it was funny because I was on Sports Radio six ten mm-hmm. this morning, uh, Tuesday morning, and we were talking about. And I said to Seth, I said, you know, who are the great tight ends in the league? And he started with Travis Kelsey, and I said, how many catches did Kelsey have as a rookie? And he goes, well, I don't know, about thirty. And I was like, what if I set the over under at one? <laughs> What's the over under? And he was like, well, I'll take the under if you're asking it like that. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't play. He was injured in 2013, his rookie year. And then Travis Kelsey became what he became. Is Kali Waring going to do that? I mean, I would vote more for it happening than it not, I guess. You know, for him to be boom or bust, I would go more for the boom because this guy is one heck of an athlete. Um, and I think he's walking into a situation similar to Kelsey did. When Kelsey got on the field in 14, he had Alex Smith alongside him. Uh, they didn't have Tyreek Hill yet, but they were going to put him around. Kelsey became a pretty valuable weapon. They still had Jeremy Macklin at the time. Mm-hmm. So he's in there with an experienced quarterback, good offensive line. Kelsey became a big-time threat. Hopefully that's what Kali Waring will be, but he'll do it alongside Darren Fells, Jordan Thompson, Jordan Akins. And I think it's a really strong position to have. You heard it here first. John Harris just guaranteed that Kali Waring is Travis Kelsey. And now he you're going to get me in trouble. Travis Kelsey. Uh, now, joking aside, it's been fun seeing Kahali around the building yeah. uh, all off-season, yep. chit-chatting with him. I've talked a little bit of water polo, polo and swimming with him. Yeah, so it's you a connect that way. I, I, I was listening to you and Seth, and you're right. I, I can't believe that John Lopez is at odds with a water polo guy because John Lopez is a swimmer. Yeah. I need to, I need to chit-chat and find the whole story behind all this yeah. because it's mystifying to me because we had a water polo team in my school. I didn't play it. I wasn't that near is, the yeah. athlete to, to play water polo. It's such are a difficult sport. Great man. athletes, and they're in great physical conditions. So, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's cool to see what Kahale wearing might be. I'm excited about having Darren Fells back because I think continuity is a good thing. you got to remember, he did all that stuff last year mm-hmm. in his first season with Deshaun Watson. I'm not yep. saying he's going to have seven touchdowns again, but I do think it's a good part and a good thing that he's back in the offense. Now, yep. let's wrap things off. This has been a hell of an offseason for Kaimi Fairbairn. Yes. Got married. Congratulations to him. Congratulations. Sorry, and, Megar. Um, a parent. <laughs> that's right. Your daughter likes My him. My daughter loves him. Uh, and what's not to love. And he's signing a new deal, according to all reports. So it's been fun seeing him around the last few, couple of years. He uh, kicked the overtime winner against yep. Buffalo. And there's that cool picture of him pointing down like this. It's one of my favorite pictures around now. So that's one of my favorite Kaimi Fairbairn memories. He... At right after he, right after he made that kick, I I just I think he's got the right temperament, the, everything you wanted a kicker. I mean he's got the leg. I mean he's just come so far each and every year. He's made the big kicks in in eighteen, and you know he made that back to back weeks against Indian Dallas. I mean he's made big kicks. I mean he's the kick boomed the kick him out of bounds made, for for uh, yeah for touchbacks so often. He's also pinned teams in deep by kicking it down yep. to one in the corner. I mean the special teams have become really really good in large part because what he's doing and what Brian Anger's doing, obviously yeah. what John Weeks is doing. So locking up Anger, locking up Fairbairn, and hopefully you know John Weeks will get locked up here in a little bit, and you'll have that group back together. I got to add Anger to that mix. So that's five. So they just have to have signed three more to yeah, hit that over exactly. under of eight. Yeah, there you go. 
So over the years, and of course, you know, down on the sidelines, I will run into those guys. Not run into them, but you know what I mean. I'm, I kind of have to work You're around them, them yeah. and see them. And and so Kaimi and I have kind of just, you know, struck up. You know, we're talking in the locker room about different things. And I just think he's a fantastic dude. So he makes that field goal against Buffalo. Everybody's celebrating on a field. And it's like one of those things where you don't, you don't want to leave the field. You know, that's kind of like you have a big win like that. You don't really want to leave the field. Like you want to go to the locker room and celebrate, but you don't want to leave. You don't want to leave that feeling. And so I don't want to leave the field. So I'm walking around and I'm shaking hands with guys. And all of a sudden I see him. And I was like, seven. You know, that's his number. I was like, seven. He turned around and he just gives this big hug. And it must have gotten caught on camera. Because about two minutes later, I feel my, my phone in my pocket buzz as I'm walking into the locker room. And I see in all caps from my daughter, you hugged my guy. <laughs> it was from my daughter. And I guess they caught on camera. But I was just, I get happy for guys that work hard at what they do, are uh, great teammates, and then have moments where they'll never be forgotten. And you aren't going to forget Kymie Fairbairn making that field goal. You're not going to forget him making the big kicks he had against Dallas. Uh, and against uh, Indianapolis in 2018. Yeah. Consecutive the, weeks. You know, the field overtime. goal he made against Denver that I swear to you moved 10 yards left to right. Huh. That put us in the lead uh, 1917 against Denver in 2018. I just like to see a guy that's good around the locker room, good with his teammates, well-respected, an excellent guy in the community, um, and to get rewarded for that. And I love that. So I'm glad to see both Darren and Kaimi back. All right. It's good stuff. Hey, man, get some sleep because you're waking up early and doing radio in the mornings. Yeah, but this was fun. We'll do this again very, very soon. Next week, in fact, on the next In the Lab, we'll be on the eve of free agency and the league year, you think, starting. And we'll be one day into the legal tampering period. So it's going to be fun. John, good job. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler Marcotte. Good job, people. For manning the booth on this YouTube podcast of In the Lab. <laughs>